These raucous rock and roll rebels are living proof that this defiant style of music is a direct descendant of the blues. Their band's name even comes from a classic Muddy Waters song. And it's also an age-old adage in English. A rolling stone gathers no moss. Please allow me to introduce this group. They're a band of wealth and taste. We can get some satisfaction as we suss out the stones on this week's episode of FYI. Welcome to For Your Info. English. You got it. Welcome to this, another exciting edition of FYI, the topic-based show where we talk about anything and everything. And we've looked at hundreds of topics so far. And if you haven't heard a topic that you want to hear about, all you have to do is let me know. I'm really easy to find on social media, or you can just go to my website, albertoalonso.com, And you can find everything you need there. Links to my YouTube page, Instagram, and all that jazz. Also remember, I have a daily radio show called The Show With No Name. If you haven't heard it, search for it. Or even easier, Google it. It's The Show With No Name. And just put in my name in the search bar, Alberto Alonso. And voila, you'll be learning English and having fun. So this show is a topic-based show. That is more of a, a variety show where we have a lot of different sections and it's also interactive. So if you haven't checked it out, check it out. It's the show with no name and it's on Vaughn Radio and you can watch it live on YouTube if you guys are patrons. You can also have access to an extra episode every week with tons of idiomatic expressions and vocabulary. And of course... Fun facts, as always. And if you'd like to have PDF documents to follow along, you can do so. All you have to do is go over to patreon.com slash Alberto Alonso and join my curious community. And you can have access to a wealth of content. I have over a thousand posts that the moment you sign up, you'll have access to all of them. And if you're in our higher levels, our super-duper students or our interstellar students, well, then you will have a weekly class with me where we review key vocabulary from every episode. And if you're in our interstellar level, where well, you'll even get a monthly private class with me where we can work specifically on you. And if you do the math, it's a deal, a steal, a bargain. And I highly recommend that you sign up for a yearly membership 
for two reasons. This way you make a commitment, because let's be honest, you don't learn English in one month. This way you make a commitment, and also I can give you a little discount. So if you want access to so much more, as we say, if you're hungry for more, then join us over on patreon.com slash Alberto Alonso. And I'd like to take a moment to send a shout out to all my patrons, especially my super duper students, Marta, Lina, Javier, Paco, Roberto, Jose Maria, and Mila. And don't forget about my interstellar students, the ones who get a monthly private class with me, along with all that other stuff. Give it up for Carmen, Isa, Paco, David, and Edgar. Keep up the great work, guys. And if you guys want to join our curious community, you can find out more on patreon.com slash Alberto Alonso. My curious community is just a stone's throw. Uh, hey, wait, there's a good segue. A stone's throw. A tiro de piedra. You say the same thing in Spanish. And later on, we're going to take a look at a lot of idiomatic expressions. But let's start off with the intro. I said these raucous rock and roll rebels, and raucous is that they make a lot of noise. They are boisterous. But I guess that word is synonymous with rock and roll. That's the whole idea behind rock and roll. Rebellion. And remember this, a rebel rebels. So the verb is to rebel, and the person is a rebel. And these rock and roll rebels are living proof that this defiant style of music is a direct descendant of the blues. And defiant means someone is rebellious. Desafiante, insolente in Spanish. Again, words that are often associated with rock and roll. We're not supposed to go with the flow. We're supposed to go against the grain, rockers, right? Well, nobody exemplified this more than the Stones. Oh, yeah, we don't call them the Los Rolling or the Rolling. No, we call them the Stones. And it doesn't take a genius to know that this group's music is directly descended from the blues. If you listen to some of their songs, especially their early songs, you can hear some of the most common blues riffs ever. And the blues is what brought them together. The blues is what gave them their band's name. But we'll get to all those juicy details in just a little bit. As I just said, their band's name comes from a classic Muddy Waters song. Muddy Waters is one of the greatest blues men ever. And I'll tell you that story, as I said, a little bit later on. Then I said, it's an old adage. And an adage is like a proverb, like a saying. And we say, a rolling stone gathers no moss. A rolling stone is somebody who never stops moving. And moss is that green stuff that grows on a rock. It basically is a proverb that means if you don't settle in one place... Well, you will not accumulate wealth or status or responsibilities or commitments or things like that. But again, that's the rock and roll style. Commitments aren't cool. And then I had a few references to their songs. I said, please allow me to introduce this group. Does anybody know what song that is? It's Sympathy for the Devil. 
And the real lyric goes, please allow me to introduce myself. I'm a man of wealth and taste. And when I was putting together this episode, I could not think of what my favorite song was. I couldn't even think of a top three because I love so many Rolling Stones songs. And then this one you all know, we can get some. And I've got a question. Aren't double negatives a no-no in English? Shouldn't it be, we can't get any satisfaction, instead of we can't get no? Absolutely. But Mick Jagger doesn't care about grammar. It's poetic license. And he only needed that amount of syllables. This is the song if we correct the grammar. We can't get any satisfaction. You're missing the pause. The pause is everything. So any is too many syllables. No is perfect. Here it is with the pause. I can't get no pause satisfaction. That pause is everything. You'll notice those pauses in music make big hits. I believe the song Despacito, too, does something with a pause. Now, we're comparing apples and oranges, but there's something in the pause, is what I'm saying. And then I said, we'll suss out the Rolling Stones, and that's to explore, to find out more about. So if we had to define the Stones, they are an English rock band formed in London. What year do you think they were formed in? It was 1962. So that means, for our mathematicians, they have been in the business for seven decades. And they are still one of the most popular bands ever. And in the early 1960s, when they formed... The band pioneered this gritty sound. So it wasn't polished. Polished means pulido. Gritty means like dirty. Again, like the blues. It's not supposed to be processed and clean. Even their voices. If you listen to some of the blues artists, their words, uh, their voices are not uh, very clear. It's gritty. There's a certain grit to it. And there's a very famous movie called True Grit as well. And if you remember in one of our episodes on New York City, maybe it was Times Square or Central Park, I told you New York City is the pretty gritty city. It's pretty, but it's also gritty. And I guess that could define the Rolling Stones as well. And their first stable lineup, and a, a lineup is the, the members of the band, consisted of vocalist, you guessed it, Mick Jagger, guitarist Keith Richards, multi-instrumentalist Brian Jones, he was the one who named the band, and he was originally the heart and soul of the band. But drugs got the best of him, and we'll talk about that tragedy a little bit later on. But according to Keith Richards, Brian Jones named the band during a phone call to Jazz News, and he was asked by a journalist for the band's name. And at that time, they were tossing names around. They were originally called the Blues Boys because they originally did blues covers. As I said before, you wouldn't have the Rolling Stones without the blues, not even their name. And supposedly, Brian Jones saw a Muddy Waters LP lying on the floor. And he looked at one of the tracks, which was called Rolling Stone, and everything just clicked. The planets aligned, and there it was, the Rolling Stones. 
Another way to say a rolling stone is a globetrotter. You recognize that name from the basketball team that does all those tricks. So at that time, Brian Jones was kind of like the de facto leader of the group. Now, as we know, the core of the group is Mick Jagger and Keith Richards. You know, that's like the Paul McCartney and John Lennon. That's the duo, the dynamic duo, partners in crime. And then you also had bassist Bill Wyman and drummer Charlie Watts. And then there was another guy named Stu. What? You've got to be kidding me. Have you ever heard of one of the original members of the band, Stu? I didn't think so. Well, we're going to find out all about Stu in the bonus episode. But let's just put it this way. You haven't heard of him for a reason. So we'll hear his sad story in the bonus episode. And Bill Wyman was only invited to join the band because he had an amplifier. Hey, they needed an amplifier. The amplifier came with Bill Wyman. And as I said earlier, they started out playing covers. They mostly played blues music. That's what still keeps them together today, they say. Their love of blues. And they played songs by Muddy Waters, Chuck Berry, Little Richard, Howlin' Wolf, and Bo Diddley. And their original name was the Blues Boys. And Mick Jagger, well, he wasn't on board right away. He had to make one of the biggest decisions of his life. Because just before the Rolling Stones started to take off, that means to get popular, he was balancing his budding rock and roll career. And budding is like a flower. It's starting to blossom. And he had to balance that with his studies. At the time, he was a student at the London School of Economics. And he knew that he couldn't do both. And he said, and I quote, It was very, very difficult because my parents obviously didn't want me to do it. But in the end, he made the right decision by quitting school and pursuing his career in rock and roll. And we were just talking about his partner in crime, Keith Richards. Well, the Jagger-Richards partnership became the band's primary songwriting and creative force. But what happened to Brian Jones? Well, as I said before, he couldn't handle his drug addiction. And by the year 1968, it started to interfere with his ability to contribute to the band. So the story goes that he left the band, and shortly after, he died. He drowned in a swimming pool in 1969, and we'll talk about that in the bonus episode when we talk about the dark side. He was then replaced by guitarist Mick Taylor. In 1969, that was a big milestone for them as well, because that was when they got one of their nicknames, the greatest rock and roll band in the world. And they were introduced that way at the beginning of all their concerts. So Brian Jones was out of the band, and well, unfortunately, he was out of life as well. He died young, a true rock and roll story. And we'll find out more, as I said, later on. But I want to talk more about the Jagger-Richards partnership. Keith Richards and Mick Jagger met for the first time on a platform. Platform 2 at Dartford Railway Station. This is in Dartford, Kent. On October 17th, 1961. 
If you're ever in Dartford, Kent, you'll see that there is a blue plaque commemorating where Jagger and Richards met for the first time. And they were just five years old, but they already had something in common. Their love of music, and more specifically, blues music. As they called it back then, colored music. De los negros. And it was. But these white boys from England were curious to know more. They wanted to get in on the action. They loved the blues. And we'll take a look at a few milestones right now. The band played their first show as the Rolling Stones on July 12, 1962. In 1965, look at that, three years later, they had their first international number one hit. Does anyone know what that was? I'll give you just the riff. Of course, I can't get no satisfaction. And this was the song that catapulted them to global fame. The Rolling Stones became a household name. And even their logo is one of the most recognized logos in the world. I'm talking about the tongue with the lips. Well, that was seen for the first time on the album Sticky Fingers in 1971. That album had the songs Brown Sugar, which was very provocative, and Wild Horses, which was almost like a country tune. Wild, wild horses couldn't drag me away. Mick Jagger even developed that southern twang when he sang the song. And that's an idiomatic expression. Hey, Alberto, are you going to support me? Wild horses, man. And the whole expression is wild horses couldn't drag me away. Aquí estoy. Aquí me tienes. It's a beautiful song if you're not familiar with it. A ballad that borders on country music and folk music. So as you can see, they transcend genres as well. They have songs that are pure blues songs. And then they have songs that could be considered pure hard rock songs. I mean, they really experimented with a lot of different instruments. On the very famous dark song, Paint It Black, they used a sitar and castanets. You guys know those. Those are used with the sevillanas. So they really were a blues band who decided to go everywhere. And they did. They even have songs that have a disco kind of feel to them. And that famous tongue logo that we all know and love obviously was inspired by Mick Jagger's lips and tongue. But also, it was inspired by the Indian Hindu goddess Kali the Destroyer. You can show that logo to your grandma and she'll know it's the Stones. And has anybody ever asked you that question? The Stones or the Beatles? Or the Beatles or Elvis? And that's when I flip them the bird. Enseñarles la peineta. I refuse to choose. They're totally different. And we've got episodes on Elvis, the Beatles, and now the Rolling Stones. And as we'll see in the bonus episode, there are many links between the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. Just think of the cover of the Beatles album, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. We hope you will enjoy the show. It says on the front, Welcome to the Rolling Stones. 
So we'll talk more about that. But you can't compare them. It's apples and oranges, as we say. The Beatles, especially in the early 60s, they were clean cut. They had the same haircut. They wore the same suits. They were the kind of boys you'd introduce to mom. But not the Stones. They were long-haired hippies. Now, the Beatles eventually went and started experimenting with drugs, and by Sgt. Pepper's, they looked like the Stones. But again, their music is totally different, although both bands were influenced by the blues heavily. How do you compare your group with the Beatles? I don't know. How do you compare it with the Beatles? I, I don't compare it at all, you know, there's no point. Well, let's get right down to brass tacks. Do you think you're better than they are? Oh. But what? You know, it's, it's, it's not the same group, so we just do what we want and they do what they want, and there's no point in going on and comparing us. So you can prefer us to them or them to us. Mm. It's just diplomatic, you see. Very diplomatic, and I don't want to labour it, but do you feel you do what you want to do better than they do what they want to do? Uh, yes. Probably. I don't know. I don't know what they want to do, you see. Very diplomatic. But they realized they didn't want to be another Beatles. You didn't need another Beatles. The Beatles were doing their thing, and really well. They were taking over the world. So there was room for the Stones as well. Talented musicians, young guys, rocking and rolling. Only these guys had more of an edge. Longer hair. They looked a bit shaggy. As we say in English, they looked like a motley crew. But they realized that that's what they needed to exploit. They weren't good boys. They were bad boys. And now it's very common to see, oh, he's a bad boy. But the Rolling Stones, I mean, they were the first bad boys of rock and roll. The original bad boys of rock and roll. And as I said before, they've been in the business for seven decades. And even though they are still huge, they've had their ups and downs. They had a period where maybe they were pushed aside. People thought that they were overrated. But they never faded away. They were always there in the background preparing their next move. And sure enough, in 1989, Steel Wheels came out, and this was widely considered their comeback album. It was then followed by Voodoo Lounge in 1994. Both of these albums were promoted with large stadium or arena tours. So even though they had a period in the early 80s and late 70s where, well, they weren't as popular, also music was changing. Disco music was getting big, hip-hop, so the audience was listening to more kinds of music as well. But they proved that they were here to stay, that they were a force to be reckoned with. And these arena tours just kept getting bigger. By 2007, they had recorded the all-time highest-grossing concert tour three times. And as recently as 2021, they were the highest earning live act of that year. And Mick Jagger is 80 years old. Okay, Taylor Swift, you're great, but I don't know. It seems like it takes a lot more merit to do it after 70 years in the business and to still do it with style. I saw the Rolling Stones at the Santiago Bernabeo Stadium. They played for three hours. They didn't look tired at all. In fact, I was ready to go home because I was exhausted, but they were still jumping around the stage. I guess it helps that now they don't do a lot of drugs. You know, they've gotten over that rock and roll lifestyle and they live more relaxing lives. In fact, we'll find out about some of Mick Jagger's favorite hobbies 
in the bonus episode, and you're going to be pretty surprised. But love them or hate them, the Rolling Stones are a rock and roll revolution. Their music affected fashion, even the mindset of young people. And even though they have released over 30 studio albums, they have only had eight number one singles. However, some of their albums are on the list of the greatest albums ever made, such as Exile on Main Street. That's my favorite Rolling Stones album, Exile on Main Street. And Mick Jagger, you know what he said about that one? He said it's overrated. It's funny how sometimes the fans like one thing and uh, the group likes another thing. And the Rolling Stones estimated record sales of 200 million units make them one of the best-selling artists of all time. At the time of the recording of this podcast, they've won three Grammy Awards, a Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award, and they were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1989. And in October 2023, the band put out their first new album of original material in 18 years. And that album is called Hackney Diamonds. So what am I getting at here? If the Rolling Stones are still putting out albums, that means they're going to do a tour. That means I recommend you go see them while you can. They are living legends. And even if you don't know the names of the songs, you'll be singing along with each and every one of them. We're going to wrap up this episode, but in the bonus episode, we're going to take a look at some of Mick Jagger's interesting hobbies. We'll take a look at his family life. We'll look at Keith Richards partying. We'll also take a look at some more records that the Rolling Stones have broken. We'll look at Mick Jagger's knighthood. We'll look at many of their arrests and how they dodged tax authorities. Plus, we'll take a look at the Rolling Stones in pop culture and the dark side. We'll look at Brian Jones' death and the very tragic Altamont Speedway Free Festival. Plus, we'll look at some vocab and idioms and many more fun facts. So I sure hope you'll join us in the bonus episode of today's FYI.